for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Well, I was in a series on preparing for the harvest, but two Sunday mornings ago here in pre-service prayer, the Lord put a, a phrase in my spirit that <clears throat> jumped out at me. It was the internal audible voice of God. I didn't hear the voice with my natural ear, but the thought came in as into my mind that I believe the Holy Spirit gave me because it was out of nowhere. The thought was... <laughs> Fight or flight. Fight or flight. A couple more times it came back to me, and I was like, okay. And, I, and when you get something like that, you ask, what does it mean? I knew there was a fight or flight response in physiology, okay? Then we'll look at the definition in a minute. But I asked for the interpretation. What does this mean? What do I do about it? And the interpretation was, that this is what's happening throughout the world today, and particularly in the body of Christ. There is a fight-or-flight response that is happening. It's found from, from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. At least that was what came in my heart. In the, in the last days, perilous times will come. And so it's... Given this backdrop of perilous times that we're living in, how many of you know we're living in perilous times, right? Given this backdrop, it is 11.45 a.m. No, it's not. Whatever. Those who couldn't hear on there. There's a storm coming. All right. Well, y'all can leave or stay. Y'all ready? Okay. We're going to fight. There we go. The perilous times, listen now, are accelerating two different responses by God's people. Two vastly different responses. One is really good. The other is really destructive. And God wants to help us today to choose fight over flight. I believe we're being confronted with this. I believe God wants to give us, when I say God gives us grace, grace in the Bible, in the New Testament, is, can also be looked at as, as power. He wants to give you divine for it is by grace, by God's power, that you're saved. You can plug it in anywhere where you see grace in the New Testament. I challenge you to say that doesn't also mean power. God wants to give us power today to fight and not flee. Not flee from the battle that God has called us to. In the Strong's version, in the Strong's Concordance, that word perilous... Can be, it is also means violent times, fierce times. We're living in violent and fierce times. I don't need to tell you, but I just had to put a couple of those things out. You can be with your family bowling in Lewiston, Maine on a Wednesday night, 
and have someone come in and shoot up and kill 18 people bowling. Not in Beirut, Lebanon, not in Tehran, Iran, but in Maine. We're in violent times. An MIT Jewish student who overheard a pro-Hamas rally was interviewed. He said, they want to kill me because I'm Jewish. And they're letting them get up with microphones on this MIT campus and say that. That's the violent times. That's the fierce times we're in where they're allowing hate speech to go on. Because after all, it's Jewish people and, and, and by default also Christians as well. Many, much of this is happening. So in the margin of, the, of 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, Perilous means times of stress, times of great stress. So that's not you at the bowling alley. That's not you on the MIT campus. But our time, the, the stress of our lifestyle, of our life right now is increasing. Given the times of stress and increasing pressures, these are causing, and I've said this many months ago, but man, here I am. On October 29th, 2023, telling you it has amped up five predominant negative responses. Our, our, our five predominant negative emotions are happening all across our world and all across the body of Christ. <clears throat> I put acronym FOLD in your notes. F-O-L-D-D, because these are the... The negative emotions that are being caused right now. Fear, offense, lust. Lust is at an all-time high. Deception, which deception is, is more than an, a, a, a negative emotion, <clears throat> but, but deception is at an all-time high right now. How many of you trust the media, everything they say? Not at all. Yeah, I... Hamas bombed that hospital, not Israel in Gaza. They're not Hamas militants. They're Hamas terrorists. Very different. Okay, now some of you may go, well, wait, I thought I'd go to church and never hear about our world's problems. Well, we're supposed to be salt and light. And that's what this whole message is about. Don't don't flee and go, I don't want to hear about it. Because we're the ones that by God's grace and the power of the Spirit can do something about it. I'm yelling and I didn't mean to. I have a stool to tie me down. Seriously, but the fold is happening. Deception, despair is happening. Isaiah 40, verse 30. The Lord put this in my heart this morning. It's not in your notes. <clears throat> but it says... In the hour of great pressure, even the youths, the young people, will grow tired and weary and stumble and fall. Youthful energy that makes you so, I was so resilient when I was 20 years old. I could stay up for days and, you know, I had youthful strength. Even the youths are going to grow weary without the Spirit of God in their life. That's what's happening. <clears throat> Paragraph B, 
And it's in the midst of this pressure that God's people are either advancing or retreating. They're either advancing or retreating. And <clears throat> now, it's not all, all of me's advancing or all of me's retreating, okay? I want to make that clear. There are some areas in our life where we are retreating because of the pressures, not complete retreat, all right? So, so <clears throat> it's not all of it or none of it. You know, you can, you can be advancing in, in serving other people but retreating, pulling back in your prayer life, just getting busy with things or, or other kinds of, of things that are going on. Uh, I wrote this. Um, we watch the news and we worry rather than war. Our worry life goes up. Our stand-in-the-gap life goes down. And I'm saying our, because I feel this pull too. You just watch, and by the way, don't watch too much news. It can defile your spirit. It can dissipate your strength. I talked to somebody on Friday at our Friday night, family night, and she said the Lord told her <clears throat> to take a month out and not watch any news at all. And guess what? The Lord showed her what was going on and how to pray. So we fast other things. So I got convicted because I want to watch enough news. Normally, I want to watch enough news to inform my prayers. But not to give in to, I'm getting on a soapbox here, but not to give in to like, like mocking people in authority and, you know, just because they got to fill 24 hours of news. I'm like, wait, I, I need to cut that off and keep my spirit fresh and, and before the Lord. So, amen, amen. So, but we watch the news. We get it. We get what's going on. Entertainment time goes up to get away. Our Bible reading time can go down. And again, you just, let's just be honest in church. You can, you can hide into entertainment. There's a lot of it out there. There's a lot of it right here. We can go there to say, it's kind of like anybody old like me remember the Calgon Take Me Away commercial? All right, can, all right, can we show Calgon Take Me Away? There it is. We want to just go, uh, he doesn't look very happy. But that's what we want to do. We're like, Calgon, take me away. I want to escape all this. That's the flight, not the fight. The title of the message today is God wants to empower us to go from flight in an area back to fight. And I don't mean like one time. I'm talking like, guys, ever since God put this in my heart two weeks ago, throughout the day, I'm like, Glenn, you're giving in to flight. Oh, Lord, help me sign back up again. That's what he wants. That's what he wants for his people. Um, Justin Rizzo, a, a worship leader in the at the International House of Prayer. <clears throat> this is going to be a wild phrase if, you, that you've, if you've never heard it. He kept singing this over and over one time. He said, sang this, Life ain't only, but it's always a war. I'll say it again. I was like, did he, what did he just sing? Life ain't only, but it's always a war. 
There's a war going on on the inside. It's the arena to demonstrate my love for you. There's a world system that's at, at war with us. There's our own flesh that's at war with us. And there is a devil that's at war with us. He hates us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. So life ain't only, but it's always a war. And once we start to see that, we'll start to have really awesome times of peace with God because we're aware of what's going on, that we can stand in faith and run toward the battle like David did instead of running away. 1 Samuel 17, David, you could look it up later. Goliath standing there, defying the armies of God, the, <clears throat> the Israel. And David says, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff in that, in that passage. But David, when he looked at Goliath, he didn't just like shuffle out with his bag of stones and his slingshot. No, okay, somebody's got to do it. Okay. You know. He ran to the battle. Literally, he ran to the battle. Now, that's, I'm not talking about a personality type today. Because some of you say, well, I know somebody who's a type A and they would run to it. But I'm talking about an anointing. David was anointed with an unction by the Spirit of God with, with, with courage. That's what caused him to run to the battle. And so, again, I'm not so interested in how this comes out today other than that, that I make sense. Am I making sense? Okay. I'm more interested that God baptize us fresh with an anointing of courage. Not just to go out, but to be, be courageous, to cling to what is good, to hold on to what is good and abhor what's evil. To where when pressures come, we don't fold our tent, but we ask for the baptism of courage. Paragraph C, a few weeks ago, uh, during, the, during that service, um, that Sunday that I got the fight or flight word, I googled that what the physiological response was to fight or flight. Having Google now during service makes me look real smart. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, he knew all that? Nope, I just looked it up. And, and, uh, but here's the definition. Fight or flight response, according to Google, is an automatic physiological reaction, it's in your notes, to an event that is perceived as stressful or frightening. Hormones are released, like adrenaline, hormones are released that prepare the body to fight or flee. This results in an increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, and increased breathing rate. Those are physical things that happen. Some examples of events that would trigger a fight or flight in the natural. Here's some examples. Someone cuts you off on a highway, and you had to swerve and narrowly avoid a collision. That ever happened to anybody? Okay. Okay. While you're out on a morning run or an evening run, 
an angry dog jumps out onto your path and starts growling and barking at you. That literally happened to me <clears throat> when I was like a two, two years old in the Lord. I'm jogging in a, on a city street in Albuquerque. It's ro- totally dark. I've got my Walkman in or whatever it was way back then. But I'm jogging along and this thought comes in my head, be careful, something's going to happen. And this was one of the first times in my Christian walk that I thought, well, the Lord, the Lord can actually like alert me. So I was like jogging, going, okay. Within a few seconds, this big dog shoots out from in front of a parked car. So I'm jogging along. This car's right here. This dog comes right out there. And he's like, rah, rah, big dog. Go, rah, rah, rah. And I go, kura laba, kita na la laba. Because I was ready, and I had been given the gift of praying in tongues by that time. The dog, I go, Kudala, and the dog goes, boop, and he runs the other way. <laughs> like, true story, it really happened. And I'm young in the Lord thinking, man, tongues works for everything. I can, I can, this is, but it really was the idea that adrenaline or whatever it was, the, fl- the fight response kicked in, not the, not the flight. <clears throat> Third one, see if this can you relate. I related to this one. The second before you turn on the lights in your empty house, your coat rack looks like a person standing right next to you. Nobody's raising their hands, but I know. Paragraph D on 9-11, get this video ready. New York Fire Department firefighters ran toward the burning buildings, not away from them. Could you go ahead and play that? hear him screaming that he needed help, and his final transmission was that I'm, I'm taking my last breath. It's calls like that and scenes like this that these four men who live in St. John's County now will never forget. I mean, you just can't even believe um, that it could take two towers 110 stories high and bring it to rubble. Yes, it just seems like it seems like it's yesterday. You know, I live it over my head every day. And, uh, you know, 20 years just seems like 20 minutes. John Westfield, Eddie Zielman, Bob Apati, and Jerry Durkin. All four members of the Fire Department of New York 20 years ago. Westfield ran from the cloud when the first tower came down and feels lucky to have survived. I don't understand how I'm here. I ate that stuff. I ate it. They'll never forget the attacks and the work of trying to save lives. It's work they accomplished even... If the Holy Spirit, as I've been talking, convicts you that there's an area of your life where you have run away or withdrawn. I'm going to give a little more explanation on what flight and fight looks like. Just go with it today and ask for for the strength of God to turn that around, to go from flight to fight. Those guys are heroes. Those fire, they probably knew they were going to die. As everyone else is running one way, they ran toward the burning building. There's a burning building happening in our world today. And God's like, who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to stand and fight in the spirit? <clears throat> Roman numeral two, the two responses, a little more detail on it. 
our fight, as I've said, it's not, I'm not talking about road rage, someone cuts you off, but fighting in the spirit. Problem is, Ephesians 6, 12, is what I'm talking about is we battle not against flesh and blood. I'm not saying fight people, but against principalities and powers of darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in, in heavenly places. I don't know if you can put that verse up, or maybe you don't. Maybe you've got it in your notes. It says, uh, not that one, uh, first, uh, not first Timothy. It's Ephesians 6, 12. That's okay. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The problem is a lot of Christians put a period after wrestle not. They say, for we wrestle not. God's going to take care of it. God is sovereign. Well, yes, God is sovereign, but he's called us to do our part and fight what First Timothy calls a good fight. Did you know there are good fights? It's the good fight of faith. You say, well, Glenn, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I just leave all that. Well, you know what? Sometimes love dictates that you fight. It is love to fight a school board that's saying, oh, we're going to put all this trashy books in the school library. That's love. That's love. Fight means you don't turn your eyes away from the evil in the world, and you don't give in to the fold. Instead, you stand in faith, resist the devil, and he will flee. You stand in faith, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, God has a strategy for fighting the good fight of faith. It is James 4, verse 7. First submit to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't think you can come, come at the devil in your own strength, in your own name, thinking, I can do this. Don't go right at the enemy. You submit to God. I'm talking about God, help me to have a spirit of submission to you when I'm in the war. Then you will receive the grace, the power of the Spirit on you to then stand and proclaim against the enemy. But you have to go it God's way. God's got a plan. You don't, you, I'm no match. For the devil. I'm no match for any of that fold in my own strength. Fear is a spirit. I can't fight it on my own. What are we called to do? In Jesus' name, you pray for someone who's got a demonic area of, of, of oppression. In Jesus' name, go from them. Not in my name. What did Jesus even do when he was tempted and tested in the wilderness. He said, it is written. So you fight by submitting. In the, you use the name of Jesus. You say, it is written. And a lot of it is you give, you start to worship the Lord. You, you start to, you, you fight. Remember the song? How many of you know the song? This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, 
That's a war. But because I open my mouth and worship, I am, I'm surrounded by him. He's coming in and fighting my battle. So you submit by turning on worship. You submit by saying it is written. And then you will have the authority. And I do want to promise you the devil has to flee. You submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. All right. I'm landing the plane here. It seems like a lot more notes, but three biblical ways to go from flight, fleeing, to fight. Three biblical ways. This isn't me giving you a pep talk. This is three biblical ways. But the Lord did show me these biblical ways from that natural definition that in the natural, your body releases hormones that will increase your heart rate, increase your blood pressure, and increase your breathing rate. And in a flash, two weeks ago, the Lord showed me what those were in the Bible. Increase your heart rate. Here's the phrase. God wants to help us increase the rate which we give our heart back to him when we feel ourselves drifting. Lord, increase my heart rate. I'm going along, I'm busy, this thing, that thing, and all of a sudden, I'm drifting. And I was like, Lord said, no, increase. Don't, don't just keep drifting. Go, ooh, Lord, I give you my heart back again. I come back to you. You may have gone 20 steps away from God. It's just one step back. You increase the rate that you don't dabble with compromise or a complaint or a gossip or a woe is me. You stop and you turn back. And, you know, I've illustrated this many times, but if you come in the prayer room sometime and you see me from behind, you see me doing this. I'm signing my name in the air as just my own little way to say, Lord, I'm signing back up again all the way. I'm giving you my whole heart again. I haven't gone into some horrible sin. I've just drifted. I want to increase my heart rate where I turn back to you. All right. Worship team, if you can come up. So the moment you feel yourself drifting, you, you turn back. It, increasing your heart rate, I wrote here, it's the number of times in a given day where I come back to God when I feel my heart drifting. Now, I want my time to drift to, sh to not happen as much. But can we be honest? Our heart goes off into just stuff. Unbelief's a big one, or worry, or... Increase your blood pressure is the second one. We increase our spiritual heart rate. We increase our spiritual blood pressure. Now, some of you are like, oh, no, I don't want high blood pressure. Well, in this case, you want high spiritual blood pressure. What I mean by that is, Lord, I pray it this way. Lord, let the power of your blood, blood pressure... Let the power of your blood press in to that area of my life where I need you to move. 
Can I say that again? Spiritual blood pressure. Lord, I plead the blood. May the power of the blood of Jesus press in to that area where I need you to move. We need, I say this lovingly, we need to plead the blood of Jesus more. We need to speak out, where do you need God to move? Guess what? It's related to something that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to provide the remedy for. You need healing? Plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I receive healing. You need provision? Plead the blood. Lord, let the blood of Jesus. That The Bible says the blood of Jesus is present and it's active. It's just waiting for us to apply it in our life. Jesus, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, is our Passover lamb. What we're doing, and I'm going to close with this picture, and then we're going to stand up and we're going to plead the blood, okay, is... In the first Passover, <clears throat> Moses called all the Jewish homes to, to slaughter a lamb, the Passover lamb that was without blemish. And they took that, the blood of the lamb and they poured it into a basin bowl. And then the, the head of the home dipped a branch in the bowl of blood and walked over and applied the, sprinkled the blood on the top and the sides of the door so that the death angel would see the blood and pass over. Okay? Jesus, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says it, it's in your notes. He is, not was, he is your Passover lamb. So there is a, in the home of your life and your family, there is a bowl of the blood of the lamb, Jesus. What's the branch that you dip in the blood? It's your tongue. If you don't ever open your mouth and claim the power of the blood, you're not dipping the branch in the bowl and applying the blood. Because Revelation 12, 11 says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So we overcome when we dip the branch in the bowl and we then apply it. In a moment, you're going to do something very powerful. You're going to apply the blood to those areas of your life where you need the blood pressure to press in and fix it. Not because of me, but because of the perfect finished work of the cross. I love this. We overcome when we testify personally to what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. The word of God says the blood of Jesus sanctifies you, sets you apart. The, word, the blood of Jesus. The word says the blood justifies you just as if you'd never sinned. We sang that about the 
The sin's deep, but his grace is more. He is able to justify us by the blood, just as if we'd never sinned. The blood of Jesus provides for us peace, his manifest presence, his health, healing for our bodies, divine provision, salvation, deliverance from the enemy, and guidance by the Holy Spirit. Those are where we, where do you need God? You apply the blood. But the blood does just no good if we don't dip it, dip our tongue and, and declare it and then apply it to that area of our life. And I love this. It didn't matter how full of faith one head of that Jewish home at Passover was. He, made a not, he might have been really scared about Pharaoh and the, all the plagues and, okay, here goes. I'm going to take the blood of the lamb that we just slaughtered and put it on the door. The guy next door could have said, glory to God in the name of Yeshua. I'm taking authority. I'm going to dip the blood and my family's going to be saved and spared and death angel's going to pass over. It didn't matter which one had great faith because the power wasn't in their faith. The power was in the blood. And so you say it, whether you feel a whole lot about it or not. If you say it, you're applying and it's the power of the blood that will be released. Let's stand up if you would. Thank you, Lord. We're good on time. I want, there's a song. I'm not asking you to play it, but do y'all know the song by Cody Carnes called Plead the Blood? You probably don't, but maybe you do. It's kind of new, but nobody knows it. All right, I'm ahead of the curve, okay. <laughs> but it's a song called Plead the Blood. And I was looking at the lyrics. I printed them out and I'm just gonna do the first two things here. Cause I thought that's a great prayer for us to pray. So would you indulge me and, and say this out of your mouth? Repeat it after me. How many of you are with me right now? Right, we're good? All right, the storm hasn't hit. You're, you're fighting, not fleeing. All right, I love this. All right, let's go for it. Ready? Here and now, I draw a boundary against every weapon that's formed against me. The thief and his plans will pass over when he sees the red on the door. I plead the blood. Now, right now, stop there. Holy Spirit, show us where to plead the blood. All right, let's say it again. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. The enemy can't take my family. I'm going to say that one again. The enemy can't take my family. Say it again. The enemy can't take my family. Because this home belongs to the Lord. So I'm not afraid to remind him that he has no claim in this war. I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. Now let's clap before the Lord. Let's clap. Thank you, Father.
Now you might have had 50% faith or 30% God, okay, I said it, but you just dipped the branch and you applied the blood. Let's just sing that. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Let's sing it. You're increasing your heart rate. Keep singing. You're increasing your blood pressure. (laughs) Power of the blood is what causes me to not flee. You will turn me around to fight the good fight. Just keep your hands out. We're going to just now, I just ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. The third biblical way to go from fight to flight is increase your breathing rate. Breath in Scripture and New Testament is new mind. It means spirit. So Holy Spirit... Holy breath of God, come. Now just open your heart right now. If it helps you, if you have your your prayer language, just pray in the Spirit right now. If you don't have it, we can pray with you later. You get to, you don't have to. Just And you're increasing your breathing rate. Fill us. We can't overcome, but the blood does. We can't make it without the power. Any area where there's fear right now, say, Holy Spirit, baptize me in courage. Deliver me from fear of man. Across the room, as you're being filled with the Spirit, I declare fear is going. I declare offense is dropping off. I declare lust is dissipating. I declare deception is going away and you're clear and your thinking is biblical and accurate. And I declare despair no more in my house. World may think I'm crazy but I'm actually in my right mind (laughs) because I have the joy. I want to, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let these horses run in just a second. Yeah, let's do it. Do it. run toward the burning building. Lord, I need, oh, I 
I will run to holiness. I will not complain. I will not be bitter. to pray one last thing. Stress can actually be a spirit. Stress in the last day, stressful times. Stress can be a demon, a spirit. And we're going to, I want to pray over you as like a, a, and we'll have the prayer teams up here after this as they sing it, lead us in the last song, but, but stress, you can be delivered of a spirit of stress. It doesn't mean your, your calendar clears up and you're, you're all on a break in the natural, but you can no longer have a demon, a spirit of stress, dog you and torment you. A pastor's wife in England years, years ago, Went to a doctor. She, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. They found all these medical issues. And the doctor finally, after all the tests, said, well, ma'am, it's just stress. And she, that didn't help her. <laughs> well, here's some drugs. She didn't want to take the drugs. She goes home. In prayer, crying out to God, this pastor's wife said, the Holy Spirit said to her, stress is a spirit. And 90% of my followers are dogged by that spirit. 90% of those who name my name have to are battling a spirit. She received that. She prayed. She got gloriously delivered. And the next Sunday, and the, all the medical conditions left that were bad, She stood up in front of the church and gave this testimony. And guess how many came up to the front to be delivered of a spirit of stress? 90%. Exactly as the Holy Spirit had showed her. Yes, sir. Yeah. Speak loud and humble. Here we go. The scripture that you shared here... But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. It's also translated terrible times in some. The actual Greek word is only used one other place in the New Testament. And it's to describe Jesus cast a legion of spirits out of. So these times, these stressful times that we live in are manufactured by unclean spirits. And we, like, like you said, Glenn, we can be delivered. how the Lord directs things. Is Gary Douthit in here? Could you come up here? Gary is an elder here, but I believe the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to ask you, because I've seen you've been in times where God's really used you to bring deliverance. Are you going to shoot me for doing this? Have you prayed? I want Gary to pray for me. I want him to pray for us that anything that's a spirit of stress would be deli- where we'd be set free. Is that okay? Thank you.
Thank you, Father, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, that you were faithful on the cross. Thank you, Father, that Jesus paid for our deliverance. And we come against all spirits that would harass and torment us in the name of Jesus, the spirit of stress. We bind you off of us in Jesus' name, and we say that we're free. We agree with the blood of Jesus that it's paid for. And any damage to our bodies due to stress, we rebuke it and command it to leave. And we accept the power that you displayed on the cross and in in Jesus' resurrection. That same power lives within us, Father. We release it and we agree with it that we're free and free indeed because you set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anyone with, I just sense my shoulders loosening up. Anyone feel a a tightness in your shoulders leaving? Okay, you do. That's the stress that's leaving. That's the spirit. So, Father, we thank you now for protection, driving through this weather change. We thank you for a change of season even in our spirit, man. We thank you, Lord, that we are of the the ilk of God's people that goes from flight to fight. We will fight the good fight. And we're going to walk in victory. In Jesus. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.